this week we're going to begin a new series, and I've, I've called this one Breaking Free. Everybody say Breaking Free. Breaking Free. How, how many can relate to this in the physical, in the natural realm? If you work a job Monday through Friday, say those are your typical hours, and Friday at 5 o'clock rolls around, woohoo! How many have been there, right? It's, I'm free for my job. Sometimes that's how people feel. It's like, I'm free. Well, you know, you should feel that way every day, right? But sometimes our jobs get, get so much of us, so much attention and so much pressure and stress that we just can't wait to leave. Well, hopefully here today, not only have you felt that, but hopefully you have felt and experienced God's amazing power in setting you free. And amen. And that happens when you first get saved. God steps in and he, he supernaturally sets you free from a life of bondage. How many know what I'm talking about this afternoon? Amen. Well, I want to talk to you about, about this, how when we accept Christ as a new believer, something inwardly happens that's supernaturally supernatural, but outwardly, that's a work in progress at times. That's called sanctification. How many know that it's a lifelong process to get saved or, or being saved? Amen. We, we do get saved in a one moment opportunity, but it's a lifelong process to stay and walk the walk that God wants you to walk. Amen. And that's called sanctification. But today I want you to turn in John chapter 11. I have it on your outline. If you need an outline, raise your hand. But uh, on your outline, we're going to be reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 11. How many remember the great story of Lazarus? Great story of Lazarus. And it's found, it's mentioned a couple places in the Bible. But here specifically, just to give you the background real quick, Jesus was, was not in where, where Lazarus was at that moment when he was sick. Um, he got word, Jesus did, while he was out praying, that his friend... They called him his friend, the one he loved, was sick. I mean, dying and sick and, and close to death. And they wanted him to go pray for him. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, called and asked for Jesus to go and pray for Lazarus, their brother. And uh, Jesus didn't go at that moment. He didn't leave at that moment. And, and that has a, there's a lot right there I could go on. And just telling you that sometimes when you're praying, God has his divine appointment, his divine time. Mother Betty prayed and prayed for her back. Let me tell you, she prayed. She was in pain and to the point of tears. Uh, I mean, major pain. But God healed her in his divine time. Amen. He healed her in his divine time. See, God has a plan. He didn't forsake you. He hasn't said, I'm not going to worry about you. No, he has his way of doing things and it's all for his glory and his honor. Amen. And, and that's kind of similar what's going on here. So Jesus is telling his disciples uh, now he's gotten word. Well, Lazarus is dead and he, he doesn't seem to be in too much of a concern. This is his friend. OK, now, if I had a friend I want them to be concerned. I want them to be there if I called them, right? But Jesus had a bigger plan. He, and, and this is what I want to get into. So starting in John chapter 11, verse 40 of the NIV, it says the following. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. 
Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let's pray for, uh, for a minute. Father, we thank you right now, Lord, that you are still in the supernatural healing business. Lord, not only can you raise the dead, Lord, you can heal backs in an instant, Lord. You can heal those that are bound with addictions, those that are bound with, with fear. Lord, you can heal us of those things. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that your word is filled with these miracles. Now I pray, give us understanding of your word. I pray, give me the anointing to speak your word and declare it so that we might receive it and live, Lord, the way you would want us to live in this day and present age. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 How many love that story of Lazarus? Jesus comes to this, this, uh, this basically it's a cemetery. And back then, I saw this when I went to Jerusalem, when I went to Israel, I saw these caves, and they would bury people. Sometimes it was a solitary person. Sometimes you would see multiple people in the same cave, and they would roll a stone there. So Jesus comes to this, this place, and they roll the stone away, and you can just picture, picture this with me. It's a damp, cold place but the smell of death is still strong in the air it's been four days now since he died four days and the smell of death is strong in the air now and and um, the the thing here is that mary mary here told him before he rolled the stone away lord lord he stinketh he stinketh i love the way the king james says it he stinketh you know he stinks you're going to roll that, 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 that stone. There's going to be a bad, bad smell. Lysol's not going to kill this. And so they did that. Amen. But see, even the disciples weren't prepared to see this. You know, that's just what's amazing to me. They walked with him for three years, having seen miracle after miracle. And yet there's times where they doubted him. When you get to that place and you doubt Know that you're not the only one that's been there. Disciples doubted. But let me tell you, let me remind you of this. With God, all things are possible. Amen? Yeah. All things are possible to him who believes. So here Jesus was telling his disciples that he knew Lazarus was sick, but he told them he was only sleeping. See, Jesus knew that he was going to raise him from the dead. He was only sleeping. But he, he actually was dead. They performed a ceremony for him and, and buried him in this tomb. Now, what's important about those four days, the Bible says he had been in the, in the tomb for four days. The Jewish tradition at that time was that for the first three days that they were dead, they believed that a, the spirit of that person could come back and that person could come back to life. Those first three days, there was a tradition that they had at that time. And so... Now four days have passed. So now that thought has gone away. This, in their minds, 
Four days now, he's a goner. That's what really what they were thinking. He's a goner. But how many know that when Jesus steps in, he can change and, and do the miraculous? Amen. So here Mary again begins to, to call him out, say, Lord, if you'd only gotten here sooner, you'd only gotten here sooner. Ever say that before? Ever, ever been praying and said, Lord, if you'd only answered last week, if you only would have answered a month ago, Lord, if you only would have answered this way, Lord, if you only would have done it that way. Come on, admit it. You, you've done that just like I have. We've all prayed a prayer like that. Or maybe told God, if you only would have done it this way, because we think we're God sometimes. We think our plan is better than his plan. And that's the mistake that we make. See, the Lord knows what he's doing, amen? amen? The Lord knows exactly what he's doing. So, again, God is our pilot. And if he's our pilot, we got to let him run the show. we got to let him manage our life, amen? we got to let him steer the plane. And, and it's great if you and I have great ideas, but how many know his ideas are so much higher than ours? His ways are so much higher than our ways. Amen, amen. So, again... Four days in an enclosed place and Lazarus' body is smelling. No matter how much ointment they put on him, which was part of the tradition of wrapping him in these grave clothes and then, and then pouring perfumes on him and, and the liniments that they would pour on the bodies. No matter how much of that they had poured on, how many knows after four days that body was starting to stink? God gets the glory Amen. when nobody expects it. Amen. God always gets the glory. Now, let me just share a little bit about the Jewish tradition at that time. And we saw it with Jesus as well in his death. But the tradition was, they immediately bury you when you die in the Middle East. There's a, there's a reason for that. Number one, it's a hot climate. They don't wait two, three days to bury you. They bury you really quickly, pronto. And uh, that was the case here with Lazarus. But what they do is they wrap the bodies with these grave clothes, with these linens. And tradition says, if you look this up, that with the ointments that they would prepare the bodies with and the linens, there could be upwards of 100 pounds of grave clothes wrapped around your body. How many know that's a lot of weight? It's a lot of weight. So, again, picture this. Lazarus, and we know Jesus when he said, Lazarus, Come forth. You know why he said Lazarus, right? Because if it, he hadn't said that, they all would have come out of the grave. Amen. That's why Jesus is specific. He called him out. said, Lazarus, come out. And he comes out. And I can only picture this, you know, man starting to walk or attempting to walk. And he's got all this linen cloth around him. He's basically a mummy at that point. Picture a mummy. That's what he looks like. His face is covered. He hears Jesus. He must see the light through, through the bandit, through the linen cloth. He can see the light outside the, the cave. And then Jesus tells him, go and loose him. Take the, the cloth off of him. Amen. Now, how many know that Jesus will help us with our grave clothes? See, we carry grave clothes with us. And, and you may be asking, well, Pastor Rick, uh, what do you mean by, by grave clothes? I'm talking about things like anxiety, anxiousness, unforgiveness, anger, the things that we carry in our day-to-day -day life. You may be saved, but some of us still carry things like that. Jealousy, 
All those things that we can carry, they're actually taking you to the grave when you carry those things in your day-to-day life. And, and, and Jesus came to break us free from those things. He doesn't want you to wear grave clothes. And, and what he did, what he was teaching us in this lesson is he then asked his disciples, go and untie him, go and loose him. And what, what the, the word of God is telling us is that not only will he help us in that process, but we need one another to take those grave clothes off. That's why, as Pastor Anna was saying earlier, when the women got together this week and, had, and went and had a dinner uh, together, how wonderful is that? They can talk to each other. They can be transparent with each other. They can lay it on the line, so to speak, and say, hey, I noticed, or whatever it may be. Amen? You can get real. It's great to be here in this place and say, it's great to see you, Jill and Melody and Deborah and James. It's great to see you here. Amen. But it's another thing to connect with each other. And we connect with each other in life groups, in small groups, in, in our fellowship. On Friday night, we had a wonderful men's dinner right out here. Tri-tip dinner. With, oh, let me tell you, it was the bomb. It was really good. Uh, you missed out, man. Next time. Next time. But we need each other. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I need you. I need you. Amen. God will give you the strength you need to remove the grave clothes that you are wearing. We can be saved on the inside, but we can be bound on the outside. Did you catch that? We can be saved on the inside, but we can be bound on the outside. And God does not want you to walk like that. See, Lazarus was alive, but he was bound at that moment. Are you walking around with your grave clothes still on today? See, the moment you accepted Christ as your Savior, he set you free. But you can still be walking in grave clothes. You can still be walking in in, in clothes of anxiety and fear and anxiousness and uh, unforgiveness. Those are grave clothes that will take you straight to your grave. Amen? Amen. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't say to Lazarus, Lazarus, why are you still wearing those gray clothes? Why are you still wearing those? You know, and I compare that to the church saying, uh, brother, why do you still have this problem with unforgiveness? Sister, why do you still have this problem with fear? You know, the church can be so condemning at times. When I say the church, I mean the church at whole, at large. We can be the first ones to stab one another in the back is what they say. And that's not our church, though. Thank God. Amen. How many are thankful for our church? I have not seen that. Thank you, Lord. But we are so quick to pounce on each other and condemn each other and judge each other. Amen. I've been to some churches. You walk in and all they're doing is, you, you know what I mean? And God didn't create us for that. That's petty fifth grade stuff. Amen. We're here to glorify God. And God doesn't want us to walk around with our grave clothes on. Amen. So be careful when we start looking at people. Oh, my, my, my. That person's still still out there smoking in the parking lot. Oh, my, my, my. This person here, I I, I know what they, you know. And and when we start judging people, you know, you ask me, well, is there something wrong with or nothing wrong with cigarettes, Pastor? No, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm just saying cigarettes isn't going to take you to hell, send you to hell. It's just going to 
take you to eternity faster than me. That's all I'm saying. Amen? That was for free. Amen. So the question this afternoon, I want to ask you this. Are you going to help a person that you see that still has grave clothes on? Are you going to judge them or are you going to rather help them? That's what our small groups are designed to do. Help them by calling them. Hey, can we get together? Have some lunch. Have, have, go out for some coffee. Uh, touch bases with each other. Just communicate. Be transparent with each other. How many of you know that our world, we don't know what transparency is? That means that I hurt just like you do. Uh, I have fears that just like you do. And then you get real and you communicate. And they're going like, wow. Yeah, this person goes through the same thing I do. They're real. Uh, you know, pastors and pastors' families aren't perfect. I, I know you know that, and, and f- far too often in the national limelight, we know that. Far too often. But let me tell you, we all go through the same things that you, you do. We need each other, amen? And that's why I always say in this church, we're stronger together. We're stronger together. So help us, Lord, to, to pray for one another, to facilitate small groups. So... You're here saying, well, Pastor Rick, I don't belong to a small group. Well, then start one. Start one. I've, I've said that before. You, you like basket weaving? Start a basket weaving class. You like, you like working on auto mechanics? Even if it, it doesn't have to be spiritually application. Because what the whole point of small groups is, is, is to hang out together, have like-minded people in the same place doing life together. Eventually, it does come back to the spiritual application. Yeah. Amen? We will always have classes, small groups on the Word of God. Don't get that wrong. But I want to encourage you. Begin a small group on, on crocheting, on knitting, on, on mechanics, on whatever it is. It's a time of unity. It's a time of fellowship. We need that with each other because, again, together we're stronger. Amen? That's how we can help facilitate that. So compare that to when Christ rose from the grave. Remember when Christ, the Bible says that the first person that got there was who? Mary. Exactly. She got to the grave. She beat uh, Peter, the apostles who ran later. Um, She got there first. And the angel was there and said, he who you're looking for, he's no longer here. He has risen. She was trying to comprehend this. But what did she see? She saw his grave clothes neatly folded. That's an example right there. What the Lord is telling you is that he doesn't want you to walk around with those grave clothes on. He wants you to take them off and leave them behind. And now you are a resurrected new creation in Christ. Amen? He doesn't want you walking around with your grave clothes. Amen. Amen. The real problem is when we walk around with these grave clothes on, it's obvious to people. It's obvious when they see you coming because they see the fear, the anger, the unforgiveness. How many know what I'm talking about? When you deal with people... I can see that. Have you, have you ever seen somebody wearing something fantastic? You know, a wonderful outfit, whether female or male. And you're going, wow, man, they know how to dress. They dress real nice. That's great. In the same way, when someone has their grave clothes on of anxiety, fear, anger, unforgiveness, you can see that. It stands out. 
And that's where we need to come up to that person. Hey, can I pray with you? Hey, can I encourage you? Every week we hear of people committing suicide. I have a friend that just posted on Facebook that his, one of his cousins just committed suicide Friday night. Somebody here in this community just committed suicide, a, a female. And every week we seem to hear of things like that. Every week we're affected by suicides. We have to take the time out and not just focus on ourselves and look out and see, Lord, give us eyes to see what you see. Give us eyes to see the hurting people and help us to reach out to them. Amen? Again, being plugged into small groups, connect groups, that's what we need to do. That's what helps us grow. Amen? Let me read this scripture found in Ephesians chapter 4. It's a few verses. Chapter 4 starting in verse 20. And it says it this way. Out of the Amplified Version, it says it this way. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If in fact you have really heard him and have been taught by him, just as truth is in Jesus, revealed in his life and personified in him, verse 22, that regarding your previous way of life, you put off your old self, completely discard your former nature, which is being corrupted through deceitful desires, and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. Verse 24, and put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature, created in God's image, godlike in the righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for salvation. Wow, that's powerful right there. It's describing the new birth. It's describing the new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says the old is gone. Amen? How many are thankful that the old man, the old woman is gone? Because we wouldn't want to meet that person, right? Amen. You wouldn't have wanted to meet the old Pastor Rick. Amen. We're thankful for that. Everybody say this with me. There's God's side. And then there's man's side. God thinks differently than we do. God's desires for you are different than your natural desires are for yourself even. When we're born again, we become a brand new person on the inside with brand new desires. We're fixed and healed on the inside, but it's a process. It's a process. Amen. Now, according to the scriptures, the Lord is saying that we need to put on some new things in our life. But before you do that, the first thing you got to do is take off the old. You got to take off the old garments. You got to lay them down and say, Lord, I don't need these anymore. This is what got me into trouble in the first place. I lay them down here. And now I put on the new coat, the coat of a new believer, of faith, of victory, of love, of acceptance, of forgiveness. Amen. Now, let me show Let me tell you, tell you this way. <laughs> this is silly. You might, you will say this is silly, but how many shower once a month? And the answer is no. Don't raise your hand if you do. Okay. But the answer should be no. How many shower once every day or every other day? That would be probably the majority of us here. I can tell we have a good smell in church. <laughs> but do you see, that's silly, the question I'm asking you. But here's, here's the question. If, if we come to church once a month, or if we only once every two months, 
we're going to stink. Our spirit self is going to stink. That's the honest truth. God wants you to be bathed in his word. He wants you to be bathed in his love. But you can't get bathed in it if you're, never, if you're not in it. So in the same way, we got to receive, starting off with the word of God. Are you setting some time in every morning or at some point during the day to get into his word? Whether it's listening to it, whether it's reading it, whether it's watching it on TV. Are you receiving something daily, daily? You take a bath every day. That's your physical. How about your spiritual? Are you bathing in the spirit? Are you cleaning and renewing yourself? Amen? Think about that. Verse 24 said of those scriptures we just read, put on the new man. Put on the new man. By renewing your mind is how you do it. Renewing your mind. You don't renew your mind by the old life, the old nature. You renew it with this. You renew it with this. So we need to do our part in putting God in our mind daily. Put on the new life in Christ every day. It's an everyday adventure. Every day we must put on Christ. It's not just on Sundays I put on Christ and then the rest of the week I put on Christ every day. Amen? Every single day. Romans chapter 12, the first two verses says it this way in the New King James Version. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Man, there's a whole lot going there. A whole lot going there. But as you look at your life, And this is not saying, look at your neighbor. This is not saying, well, judge this person. This is about you. It's about me. When you read that scripture, is that your life? Are you being transformed? Are you presenting your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God? That's your reasonable service, he's saying. Are you not conforming to this world? In other words, is... If there was a jury out today, could they convict you of being a believer? Is there enough evidence to convict you of being a believer? And if there isn't, that's a big problem. That's a huge problem. Amen? In the Greek, that word renewing, renew, it means to renovate. How many like those HGTV TV shows where they renovate? Houses, they, they buy these junker fixer-uppers or maybe the auto, the car shows where they, they buy a piece of steel that's just falling apart. I love those shows. And then by the end of that hour, man, that thing's looking nice and shiny, got nice wheels and, or the house, brand new roof. They've redone the inside. How many enjoy those shows? It's called renovation. They're renovating it. They're taking it from its present condition and renovating it and making it new. That's what this word is describing. The renewing of your mind. We have to renew our mind. It's full of old junk in here. It's full of stuff that the world throws at you. It's full of stuff that the world convicts you of because you're not like them. At least that's what it should be doing. Because God's God's word says, you were different. You're marked. There should be something in you that says, 
You're different. You stand out. Why is that? Because you're a child of God. What we were talking about earlier. You are a child of God. You are a new man, a new woman. Thank the Lord for renewing my mind, for renovating my mind. Our minds must be renewed and renovated daily. We have to start putting the new in. Listen to this quote here. It's been said that the world, our society, has all the problems, but none of the answers. And that the church has all the answers, but they won't admit to having any problems. How sad is that? That's our biggest sin is the church. We try to, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, a lot of churches, a lot of pastors try to come out as, as being perfect. They're not. They're not perfect. There is no perfect church. Have you figured it out yet? There is none. We all fall short. But we need to be transparent with each other. And we do that by being plugged in with each other. By being connected with each other. I need you. We truly need each other. Amen? The church, as I've said here before, is a Holy Ghost hospital. You come in. We help you take those grave clothes off of anger to help you process all that. Amen? We aren't to judge, but to encourage one another, to love one another. Romans chapter 8, listen to these two verses. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Let me stop there. Did you catch that? It says, what you have your mind set on. Have you ever been set on doing something? Maybe you were set on coming to American Canyon from Sacramento today. You were set on it. Maybe you were set on tonight at 6 o'clock, I'm going to be having prime rib dinner somewhere because you got that in your mind somewhere or, or a rib dinner, barbecue rib or something. You got set on that. Raquel, I'm going to pick on you because I can't because you're my daughter. She's always trying to get me set on going to Disneyland. It's not happening. Right? She's, Dad, you know what I was thinking? And it's like, yeah, I know. We just went there last year. But she'd want to be there every, every day if she could get her way. We often get set on doing something. The, the Word of God here is you have to set your mind on what the Spirit desires. And you're only going to have that if you're in tune with this Word. If you're in tune on your knees praying somewhere. You can't get it any other way. You can't buy it. You can't just um, show up and sit in church and, and, and without listening and doing. You, you can listen, but if you're not a doer, as the word says, it's just going right over your head. Yeah. Amen. You've got to receive it and then begin to do what the Spirit of God desires. Verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death. That's the problem when we obey our flesh. It leads to death. It's the opposite of what God wants to give you. Amen. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. How many are thankful to have life and peace now in the name of Jesus? Amen. In the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. Verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. You know what hostile is? Hostile. Hostile. It's a war. It's contrary to the Spirit of God. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile. It's against God. 
It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. It can't. You'll want to try it, but you can't when you're working, living in your flesh. And the Bible, again, is saying our, our minds have to be set on what the Spirit of God desires. It starts there. So let me ask you, what are you putting your mind on today? Who is controlling your mind today? Who is controlling what you put your set or what you get set on? Is it our society, the ways of the world? Is it what your coworkers are telling you? Is it what your friends are telling you? Or is it what the, the things of God are t- revealing to you in your spirit? See, God will reveal to you things that you should put your mind on. Each one of us are so different, are unique. And God is speaking to every one of you. Set your mind on this. Set your mind on this ministry. Yes, that's right. Every one of you have a ministry, amen? You do have a ministry. And God is inspiring you, encouraging you to live that out. As I get ready to close, I just want to, again, remind you, what is my mind being governed by? See, daily habits produce good fruit or bad fruit. Daily habits, daily habits. How many would say you have good daily habits? There's some habits that you have that are good for you, maybe your family, your home. You know, uh, as, as men, sometimes as protectors, we're, you know, we're making sure that alarm is on every night. We're making sure the windows are closed. We're making sure the cars are, are locked up at night. We, we do things like that where we have these daily habits that we take care of. We don't even think about it. We just do them. That's, that's the day and age we live in. But spiritually speaking, do you have good daily habits? Do you have a certain time that you set aside for the God of creation that brought you here today? Do you have a daily time that you just say, Lord, I want to talk to you today. I want to fellowship with you today. Can I just tell you how I'm thankful? I'm thankful for my mom, my dad who are still alive. I'm thankful for my church. I'm thankful for my, my, my friends here, my brothers, my sisters, as I've seen them grow. I'm thankful for my wonderful wife who sacrifices so much, for my children who sacrifice. I'm thankful, Lord. I'm filled with blessings. Do you do that daily? Or is it just on Sundays? God forbid it's just on Sundays. See, God wants you to trust Him. Don't ever underestimate what the power of God can do. If He can do it for Lazarus, He can do it for you. It's it's no different. Amen? If you have grave clothes on today, and I've mentioned what they might be, maybe it's a grave clothes that you're wearing today that that I didn't list. I I listed anger and and fear and and, anger. and worry and, and, and uh, unforgiveness. And maybe it's something else that is troubling you that you're wearing every day. That you constantly wear that. And you're sick and tired of bringing that and wearing it. And you're desperate to throw them off. Well, today's that day you can just say, Lord, I'm tired. I'm taking these off and I'm giving them to you. So right now, I just want you to stand with me. And just with your heads or eyes, bow, eyes closed and head bowed. I want to continue to ask you. Are you wearing grave clothes that you want to just leave behind? That you're just saying, Lord, I can't go another day. I can't go another second and carry these clothes with me anymore. There's such a weight on me. I worry about myself because I still carry this. And I know better. 
if that's you and, and you're feeling and you know that the Holy Spirit is talking to you and you know that the Holy Spirit wants you to just drop those grave clothes off and get rid of them and walk in newness of life and break free and be free of any bondage if that's you I pray right now the Holy Spirit would just speak to your spirit right now Holy Spirit right now speak to that person or persons right now and I pray God that you would just reveal to them right now that you've got a better plan for them you've got a much better plan filled with your blessings filled with fellowship filled with good relations with their spouse with their children with their co-workers possibly with their family extended family so many blessings upon them, Lord, when they get rid of these grave clothes. So, Lord, I pray that right now. Don't let us hold back any longer. Help us to come forward and just give those to you. So I invite you right now. Just come forward. Just begin to say, Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you right now. Just come forward right now. Lord, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for removing fear, anger, worry. I pray, Lord, for those today, right now, that may be struggling with that. Remove that from them, Lord. Help them to take those grave clothes off right now and give them to you. Father, bring healing to them. Bring clarity of mind. Bring clarity in their spirit. And Father, we love you. We thank you. We're your children. We love you because we are your children. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And I pray your blessing upon them here today, Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.